I realized the issue with our timing Uh-oh. is because it does the TV countdown where there's no more numbers after three. And I think I get numbers after three. Oh, for me, it goes from three and then it stops. And then, so in my head, I'm trying to count. Oh, yeah, I get all the numbers. <laughs> oh, that explains why you're generally on time and I am <laughs> early or late. Yep. yep anyway, yep. welcome to Movie Boners, everybody. <laughs> welcome to the show. Woo, 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 woo. You can turn the lights down low and pour yourself some cavassier. <laughs> movie boners, movie boners. <laughs> woo, woo. So yeah, you can tell already. This is going to be a very fun episode. Uh, I can't really do. Oh, but uh, uh, superstar. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going down the list. I yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into that, what beer are you drinking today, my good? Oh, man? Hold on, my daughter is binge watching The Office, oh. which may or may not be a good decision <laughs> on my part as a parent. I don't know. But she is over here telling me to keep it down. <laughs> you know what this is I'm like? Just... This is absolutely <laughs> like This Is 40, where she's like, I'm trying to watch Lost. Why won't you let me watch Lost? <laughs> uh, kids. What's funny is I have reminded her that I am recording today. <laughs> and that I'm the adult here. <laughs> this is my house. <laughs> We are giving you crap on the show. I brought you into this world. I could take you out. Say that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> so, yeah, we're... Uh, the, this was a fine... Oh, yeah, the beer. Talk about your beer. Yeah. What beer you got going on over there? Um, I am drinking... Okay. This might be mean, but it's <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> I'm drinking Mama Tried. Uh, <laughs> it's a citra ipa okay from brazos valley brewing company down here in texas interesting yeah i'm kind of jealous you've got all these new breweries that i've never heard of before you've got like a whole new wonderland yeah, of options like i told you last week man or the week before i'm having a hard time finding new stuff yeah so <laughs> or, at, or at least like uh stuff that connects to the episode you yeah. know pertains to the show that's hard to general uh, so that that's becoming difficult what are you drinking uh mine is so it's a especially limited edition because i found out last week that this brewery just went out of business uh, oh bummer they just shut down due to covid um but it's the Red Truck Beer Company in town here. Oh, that's a good beer company. Yeah. They just shut oh. down their brewery. But, and they sold it to some other brewery. I don't remember who they are. Um, okay. But it's the name of it is pretty funny. It's called Hauling Some Mass. And it's a hazy IPA. Well, I'm not even pointing it at the you, camera. You're not even in focus. <laughs> oh, there's my camera. Hauling Some Mass. <laughs> So I thought that was like an SL type joke calling some ma- mass. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, Hazy IPA, pretty good. Freshest beer yeah. on freshest beer on four wheels, or it used to be. Yeah, this one's not too bad either. Not too bad at all. Good. Speaking of not too bad at all, <laughs> you want to talk about some movies? Yeah, we can. We can. Um <clears throat> some of the some of these movies 
were bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, so it, it's interesting. Well, I guess setting it up a little bit. This week we're doing, um, our episode is all about movies that were, that have are about, let me back up. Movies that are about characters that were regulars on Saturday Night Live that mm-hmm. got a feature film, at least one. Yeah. So there are characters that were on SNL that are in movies. There are 11 movies that are, fall into that category. Um, as you very gently reminded me, several of the movies that I was excited about watching did not actually count because they were, <laughs> even though they had SNL <laughs> cast in them and were produced by Lauren Michaels, weren't actually uh, sketch characters, so didn't right. count. And that made me sad, but I've learned to deal with it. And so, yeah, of those 11 movies, t- two of them I didn't even know existed until this week. And so I watched, <laughs> watched them for the very first time. And, uh, and yeah, so we have 11 movies to talk about today. Yep. Some are yep. good. Some are great. Some are not good. Some are whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's I, I had an interesting kind of feeling watching all of these this week of like even the ones that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I can't help but feel like, you know, maybe they were better off left as just like 90 second three mm-hmm. minute sketch pieces that appeared weekly or every other weeky week, yeah. whatever, uh, rather than having a full length film. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> I would, I would agree with that. It's hard to stretch a character, especially one that may have not been that fleshed out, I guess on yeah. the, in the sketch, trying to flesh it out, trying to make people care for an hour and a half. Not that easy to do. There were right. a, a couple of movies about characters I didn't even like in the three-minute version, and uh, <laughs> I don't know why they have a full-length movie, but we'll get into that. So I, I also went back and rewatched some of the sketches, like okay. on YouTube, just to kind of get the comparison of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I would say even the ones that have their full film, I mm-hmm. still enjoyed the the quick sketches of them more than the full films because it's very obvious that's how they were originally planned that's how yeah. they're originally written mm-hmm. and to try and flesh out all this new stuff out of them mm-hmm. yeah challenge so i'm not gonna dock the movies quite as much for that but a couple of the movies there was one that i watched <laughs> this week dude i didn't even smile yeah i just sat in front of the screen <laughs> like what and why it might be the same one for me there was one movie that i don't remember laughing at all and then there was another movie that i think i laughed twice and yeah maybe shouldn't have laughed at the parts i laughed at but yeah i know what you mean (laughs) and i know it's kind of weird like revisiting snl movies and snl characters Mm -hmm. i remembered all of the great like kind of i guess the glory days i'm gonna sound like an old man and like i remember the like 90s version the early 2000s like those generations of cast members were really really good and i think it's pretty universally accepted that snl nowadays is not very good and nobody cares and i never see anybody (laughs) talk about it occasionally i'll see like people talking about a clip like i watched the bill burr monologue clip of like Mm -hmm. not too long ago but only because it was like controversial and all that stuff and for yeah for general audience i don't know that anybody really still watches it or maybe they do because it's just what they do and they don't really care it's just i mean it's still habit it's still airing 
Yeah. And it's still attracting. I mean, it's still like a prestigious thing for an Mm -hmm. actor celebrity to get the hosting gig. Yeah. Uh, So I know like it still has a Mm -hmm. big enough audience to continue doing what it's been doing for the last Mm -hmm. 40 something years. Right. Yeah. 40 or 30 something years. Yeah. I think Um, maybe the a good test for the quality is how many alumni have like actually transitioned beyond that. Like since the latest generation I can remember that has like actual like real life stars now is like Tina Fey, Jimmy Fallon, Will Ferrell, I guess a little later than that. um, Andy Samberg, but well, Bill Hader, Christian Wig, their careers have really taken off. Um, But yeah, SNL is weird. I'll find myself watching it periodically. Mm -hmm. Like if it has a host of like, Oh, this host did this sketch that sucked or oh this <laughs> sketch actually was really funny you're like mm-hmm. wow a, a sketch that turned out to be kind of funny like yeah i'll mm-hmm. watch that um but yeah it's i remember being excited to watch snl when i was a kid like in the 90s yeah in the early 2000s i loved watching it uh and then all of a sudden like everyone that i loved left and they were not <laughs> replaced by people that i loved yeah so cared about stopped watching and the musical guests i quit caring about because instead Mm -hmm. of like having a wide variety of musical guests it was like pop pop Mm -hmm. pop (laughs) oh here's a rap star pop pop oh another rap star and i was like i don't like any of these people's music so not even that kept the appeal to me anymore yeah it used to be like crazy stuff. Like you'd have Nirvana and then you'd have like Cypress Hill and then you'd have like, it'd be like all Would of the Would you just place. pronounce it Nirvana? Nirvana. Okay. I, just, <laughs> I was very I don't know. confused for a second. I know it's Nirvana. I don't know you how just, it came out. It, it came out weird. But yeah, I SNL yeah. is a conundrum to me. Yeah. Because you don't generally hear a lot of positive things about it these days or have mm-hmm. for the last few years. Mm-hmm. And yet it's still going and yet mm-hmm. it's still generating. You're like, how? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I really like it makes me question Lorne Michaels a lot as like this guy who's like the head of everything. I I'm not positive he knows what's funny. Like the description of I've that I've heard of how he like they do casting auditions and stuff and how you get on the show. I don't really like that. It seems very like too much pressure to be funny. I don't know. It's just Mm -hmm. weird. I mean, I get the show is pressure. You're doing it live and all that stuff, but it just seems weird. So bring it back to movies. Right, right. It makes, it makes, I mean, it it does make sense over this course of time. You have this very successful TV show. Some of the very successful characters that everybody like enjoys. So to put them in movies does make sense. It's interesting to see kind of how it's broken out over time. Like, yeah, you have like the original first generation cast and then a big gap. And then you have like the nineties, like cast that's kind of like you get a several gen of several movies from that generation of members and then a big gap. And then you kind of like have, they try some new generation stuff and there hasn't been anything since 2010. Yeah. Um, which kind of makes sense to me because there's nothing, there hasn't been anything that seems to be very yeah, movie worthy. But even then there's a couple of the movies they chose to make that I found myself very much like, <laughs> yeah, of all the characters, this is the one that you went with. Yeah. Like- <laughs> I feel like there are certainly other ones that you could have gone with instead. 
Um, yeah. As a as a like comedy nerd, it, one of the funnest parts for me is seeing not just these SNL castmates, but also all the other comedians that would be in these movies. Yeah, and uh, especially like uh, the appearances from another sketch comedy show from our neighbors up north, Kids in the Hall. Like they are in cast members from Kids in the Hall, like Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald's are like, Mm -hmm. they're probably in most of the SNL movies. And so (laughs) I always find that funny because I liked Kids in the Hall a lot. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's dive in. So how do you want to do this? Because it's not like there's a real order to any of this. I was I was going to go from first to last chronologically. That's how I like wrote it down. Well, that makes that makes perfect sense. It makes as much sense as anything else. So, yeah, let's do that. Do that. So let's get started. So, oh, and I guess we'll say spoilers for anybody who yeah, cares about. Yeah, because we're always going to spoil. Yeah. Always. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not like anything big to spoil, but there are jokes that I'm obviously going to mention that if you want to see it fresh, go see it first. Yeah, because chances are us repeating the jokes are going to be a lot like <laughs> Michael Scott repeating a uh, Chris Rock joke. It's just not going <laughs> to land the same. <laughs> Every time, yeah. Um, so the Blues Brothers, yes, 1980, first SNL movie, which is an interesting choice, I think, because they didn't really have significant, like, fleshed out characters at all. They were just characters that, right? Sh- they just showed up and played music on the show. It, it was on as if, uh. Because they, they had like quick little musical spots where they would pop up randomly, mm-hmm. uh, do some cover. I'm just going to say it right now, Blues Brothers is my personal favorite, I think, okay. considering it's the very first one. <laughs> uh, I feel like the quality of the movies kind of go in the order. <laughs> well, ish. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I retract that. Statement. Yeah, that's not true at all. I was going to be worried yeah, there for true. a minute. Um, <laughs> but Blues Brothers is just it's unique. Uh and they didn't treat it like they had to nail the little SNL isms mm-hmm. yeah. like all the other movies end up trying to do. Yeah. It does tend to uh, be like, I, remember this thing from the show. You like right, this. So we're going to do it again on a bigger screen. That doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. And instead they were just like, no, here's, here's a film. And then they leaned into, let's just be ridiculous. Let's just mm-hmm. have fun. And we'll just let the movie kind of be its own mm-hmm. entire own thing. Yeah. And that's what makes it work so well. So my daughter watched the blues brothers with me mm-hmm. and it's a, we have the like extended cut. Mm-hmm. So it's a long film. It's like yeah. over two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. And this kid was enjoying the whole thing. As soon as I told her, like none of it's going to really make sense. <laughs> you just kind of have to like mm-hmm. understand that it is a two and a half hour car chase. Mm-hmm. All due to a mission from God, mm-hmm. and they do impossible things with the car. And she goes, yeah. "What?" And I go, "Just trust me." Oh, <laughs> Some and of Carrie the... Fisher's going to show up trying to kill him in <laughs> insane ways. <laughs> yeah, some of the best car chases in any movies, I think, are in this in the Blues Brothers. Yeah, and yeah, definitely my favorite part is the first time that they have like the bazooka fired at them. They're like <laughs> going to that hotel for men and they have, you just see this girl aiming a, tor- a bazooka and fires it. It blows up the whole front of the building. The car drives off and they just like get up, dust themselves off, go inside. They don't even acknowledge right. it. 
which is the best bit of the whole film. Yeah. They never actually acknowledge how <laughs> ridiculous or impossible any of this stuff is. They just literally brush off the suit mm-hmm. and move on. Yeah. <laughs> There's never a like freak out. It's like Blues Brothers is genuinely hilarious. Yeah. It's so funny and the story's so entertaining. And then they put the cherry on top because it's a movie about rhythm and blues mm-hmm. band. You get two hours worth of rhythm and blues music from some of the actual musicians. Yeah. Like you get John Hooker, you get Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. You James get Ray Brown. Charles, like James Brown. It's so fantastic. I absolutely love the Blues Brothers. I think even now, mm-hmm. not even being SNL based yeah just like comedy filmmaking based mm-hmm. blues brothers is just like yeah this is one of the best mm-hmm. like they're, they're, they're flat out one of the greatest <laughs> yeah yeah i hear that a lot i don't think you're alone in thinking that it's the best one it certainly does stand out so i tried to watch them in order and this blues okay. brothers just doesn't really feel like any of the rest of the movies at all yeah. it feels like a complete standalone like almost no ties yeah to snl but i think that's because when they made it they didn't make it with the intention of reminding everybody of like a blues Mm -hmm. brothers sketch yeah it was very much just no here's a movie about (laughs) like we're just gonna showcase dan Aykroyd and john belushi Mm -hmm. who are actually really talented musicians yeah doing this this thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's pretty i think that's part of the appeal at least on the show it was like we just need like an excuse to play music and so let's just dress up in blues outfits and match each other and go on and play music and and they were good at it for sure and they enjoyed that style of music so they really leaned into it and yeah it works so well and like the little blips that they'd show up during mm-hmm. the early years of SNL was exactly kind of like what you saw in the movie where it was John Belushi did all the like super eccentric <laughs> dancing and the vocals. He's yeah. drowning in sweat and yeah. Dan Aykroyd just plays a harmonica and does like <laughs> the, <laughs> the deep harmonies, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's just, there's something very special about that first movie. I, mm-hmm. I remember as a kid when my dad showed it to me, that mm-hmm. was like a, Oh my God, this should almost not only be how comedies are made, but musicals should almost be like, this is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, it really is like a a musical kind of, of, it's weird to say, but kind of like a musical for men. Like a lot of guys I know like this movie and yeah, there are music, there's dance numbers. Like it's a big production all the time and it's, it's just a cool movie. I think that they're also appealing. They're kind of like, two badass guys that don't really care about like authority. And <laughs> even though they also care about this, like Catholic, like nun and, and uh, <laughs> right, all this right. stuff. And, uh, but they, yeah, they've just always exuded coolness, even though it was very much out of time kind of thing. Like they yeah. weren't cool in 1980 when everybody's like well, doing eighties stuff. It, it was one of those movies. So as a parent and you, you show your children like movies that you grew up on and stuff, uh, there can be a little bit of a nerve wracking to it. Cause you're like, I hope they enjoy it or I hope mm-hmm. it like makes them smile or they love it as much as I did when I was that age, you get a yeah. little nervous. Uh, Blues brothers confidently 
was the first movie that I showed my daughter <laughs> where it was like, I know she will love this film. <laughs> like, I know she's going to be entertained by it. Yeah. And sure enough, she was. Nice. <laughs> she she was laughing her butt off the entire movie. Just yeah. like, really, Dad? I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Just wait till you meet the Nazis in Chicago. <laughs> she was like, what? Because she just learned about World War. Well, started learning about World War Two and yeah. Nazi Germany. And just for her to see that kind of satire mm-hmm. was like great for her because she's just like they're so dumb dad i'm like i know (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome i think that's that's certainly a test to define a classic is if it can transcend generations and if it's transcended this many generations so far i think it'll keep going yeah i think i think it should keep going i think it should get more of an audience I, i especially these days almost where it's uh I, I personally feel like there's nothing in it to offend anyone these days. I feel yeah. like it can be a very universal film. It showcases musicians mm-hmm. of every everything. It's so good. I mm-hmm. freaking love this movie so much. I really yeah. do. <laughs> I was the same way when I was a kid. I thought that they were so cool. And especially because one of them is named Jake. And I, for a long time, would like Sharpie tattoo the name Jake on my knuckles. <laughs> I almost came today with it on, but I was like, that'd be cool. <laughs> You're like, I probably shouldn't do that right now. Because yeah. we live in a time where we're adults and we have to show up to a real job. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. You could have used like a normal pen and then it would have washed off really easily. Yeah, but that's a lot of work. I need something missed thick. opportunity. Yeah. But yeah, Blues Brothers is just <laughs> I think you and I have brought this up in previous episodes where sometimes something is just it works too well and it's mm-hmm. made too well right out of the gate. Yeah. That trying to keep that going becomes mm-hmm. such a like impossible task almost. I all I can't help but feel that SNL Studios Mm-hmm. Lauren Michaels fell into this where it was like, man, that first attempt at turning one of our things into a full <laughs> film, like, yeah, what a success story. That was we easy. Keep doing it. Yeah. And then it was like, hey, this next one turned out pretty well. All that. The one after that really didn't do well. well <laughs> the one after that really didn't do well. <laughs> what yeah. are we doing? <laughs> yeah, it starts to go downhill pretty fast. Yeah, but there was also a 12 year gap between Blues Brothers and Wayne's World, which comes up next. And that 12 years, I I don't know what exactly that was. Obviously, maybe they just didn't have funding or whatever, but that's a big gap. Maybe it had nothing to do with the fun. Maybe it had everything to do more with like, we'll just focus on the show. We don't need to worry about making the movies. Uh, But then the studio step in and go, no, we should make a movie, pick a character. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and that we got Wayne's World. Um, yeah. I mean, check out Blues Brothers. I mean, if yeah. you haven't, stop that. Go watch it. <laughs> go enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it holds up. It's worth seeing for sure. It's so good. It's so good. And it's I, got tons of cameos, none yeah. of which that like <laughs> newer generations will get or recognize mm-hmm. at all. But yeah. it's fun being one of those who are like, I know him. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's very fun um i i like blues brothers a lot but i might say wayne's world is probably my favorite one really yeah i i All right. there's just something about i think it was a good choice 
and it's a very different choice, obviously, than mm-hmm. Blues Brothers to make their next movie about Wayne and Garth, who are pretty set characters. And yeah, they were they, very regular characters to appear. Yeah. And so it's very much um, I, I think it works on, in a very different way, but works as well that they are able to just be those characters. Mm-hmm. Mike Myers and Dana Carvey just carry it flawlessly for me and it's partly one of my favorites because there's so many great lines and quotes and gags <laughs> and and so references i yeah i wrote two notes for wayne's world one yeah. is a quote and one <laughs> is just like kind of how they approached making the movie okay the quote is probably my favorite line of the entire film mm-hmm. uh probably out of both of their movies actually yeah <laughs> Uh, and that's the line of, if it's a severed head, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> I don't know why, but that line is just so yeah good. <laughs> it's so hilarious. Yeah. And the fact that he's saying that to an ex-girlfriend who's kind of clingy, yeah. kind of scary, <laughs> makes it funnier. Yeah. And then knowing that he goes on to make a movie called So I Married an Ex-Murderer, mm-hmm. just like there's a lot of... <laughs> That like I just like I hadn't watched Wayne's World for a while. Yeah. And then hearing the line again was just like <laughs> Oh, it's so good. But they're I love Wayne's World. Like I mm. absolutely love Wayne's World. I think it's one of the better ones that they've made. Uh but I think what makes it work so well was the direction they took it in mm-hmm. where he talks to the audience the entire film. Yeah. Him and Garth both break the fourth wall. It almost doesn't even exist. Yeah. I think that was a very smart play mm-hmm. where they kept that kind of thing going, where it was, we're going to embrace them knowing that it's a film. Yeah. That it's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we're not going to try to do anything special or spectacular. <laughs> uh, we're just going to have fun with this story about these two dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of great moments like that, like where they do all the product placement stuff or, or my, one of my like favorite references in it is what is references Terminator two when uh, Robert, <laughs> Robert Patrick pulls them over and they're like, ah! <laughs> yeah, there's just like the gags I think are good. And they're, yeah. they're very much, in character and i think that's one of the great reasons that the show worked and i think it does carry over to the to the full length version and i think there's yeah. a good enough reason to have a full story it, it works there's good jokes throughout well i thought the story was another great choice of theirs where it was oh we got picked up by a larger network that wants to change us but we're just gonna keep doing what we want to do yeah i like that they maintain that because then they didn't really have to change Mm -hmm. any of the writing. There was no like, Oh, we're going to make it a bigger scale to me, even though like they get put in a real studio, not just Mm -hmm. the basement. It never felt like they were going the big movie slash Mm -hmm. sequel kind of route where it was, we need to make this a, we need to expand way more. It was still like, no, we're still basing it in Aurora, (laughs) Illinois or, Mm-hmm. <laughs> just outside of chicago <laughs> like yeah it's very much like really changes <laughs> it's very much like 
it's, it's analogous to what's actually happening in the real world where they have this yeah. big movie studio that brought them in and they still want to treat it like they're in the basement of SNL. Just right. Doing gags. And I think that that helps make the movie work. I thought that was probably the best choice they made yeah. was let's just keep what we do. Obviously we have better <laughs> equipment, but we're mm-hmm. not going to change a whole lot. And I like that even when they get their big studio and like their opening titles have changed and stuff. <laughs> I love how confused yeah. <laughs> they are. Like why? What's the point of doing this? Mm-hmm. Love it. Whenever <laughs> like Hollywood can make fun of Hollywood. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And they were very much just kind of, watching all of these shows about like public access TV, like Wayne's world or UHF or something like that. That was like before there was like YouTube and there were podcasts and stuff. These were guys that were just trying to make it, make a little thing and keep it original and all this stuff. And uh, so watching them like do it, I was thinking about us doing this kind of in some way. Just trying to do a thing, trying to be real is fun. And just, Doing what we do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wayne's world definitely made me think of you and I as well. <laughs> Not saying that we're both Wayne and Garth. But we probably have moments of being both characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't really have anything too much to say right now. <laughs> yeah, whenever Garth has to be the focal point. <laughs> yeah. It's gold. It's just so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... Wayne's world is it's genuinely enjoyable. Like Mm -hmm. even if you weren't a big fan of the little sketches that he appears in, I feel like the movie could still make you laugh. Oh yeah. Just because it's like, it's silly and Mm -hmm. it it doesn't try to be anything other than silly. Yeah. I absolutely, it throws me off every time I've watched it, but when he sees, uh, Cassandra, right. That's his girlfriend's name. Yeah. And she's singing in her rock band which is so much fun to watch her sing in this rock band. But then they do the dream weaver song <laughs> over her singing a rock song and like nothing. It syncs up. And yeah. you're like it, it throws me off, but in a funny way. <laughs> it's like, this is so great. Yeah. And I, I love all the references to like Aerosmith, obviously, especially in the second one. Yeah. Cause Aerosmith on the sketches was always like, <laughs> the holiest of bands. I love yeah. that Alice Cooper gets We're a not whole... worthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alice Cooper's like big monologue about like existentialism and stuff. You're like, <laughs> this isn't who I thought Alice Cooper would be at all. <laughs> this is it's so fun to to watch that kind of stuff. And the, I Wayne's World I think is a, a 90s comedy gem. Yeah. And definitely an SNL like great yeah. moment good job one of the best. it's actually funny you <laughs> pulled it off another one mm-hmm. and it works i thought they also did it well you brought up the generational thing mm-hmm. from blues brothers where wayne's world wayne's world works as well just because it they yeah. made it for that younger generation where the older generation can still see little blips of the early style mm-hmm. of just like cheap uh, <laughs> not too spectacular, you know, find the comedy in that. Yeah. But the newer generation, the younger generation can match with it. I thought that was really Mike Myers is just he, he is. did well in the nineties. He did very well in the nineties. He really did too. It's a shame to hear how big of a pain in the ass he is to work with. Mm-hmm. And how like demanding he is. That kind of bummed me out a little bit. 
Yeah. But he makes me laugh. So. Yeah, I read I read a thing about that this week about how the director of the first one wouldn't do the second one because it was just too much working with Mike Myers. Right. Well, and then you find out that Mike Mike Myers was like actively working to keep that first director like <laughs> away from L production. <laughs> and you're mm-hmm. like, God, you two really uh didn't get along. Creative differences sounds like it would have been an improvement. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, and there's nothing to spoil in Wayne's world. It's such a, like, yeah, there's no real point to it. They just, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All there are are a lot of jokes and quotes that you can't quite do justice. So you just need to see it. And yeah, you get, you gotta just go watch it. it. It, It's fun. It's genuinely fun. They're so committed to those characters and it it totally makes it work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What came out after Wayne's World? So Coneheads came out the very next year. And it's kind of an interesting blend of original first generation cast. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtis. Curtin, sorry. uh, Jane Curtin are like those original. Uh, They're the Coneheads. Coneheads was that original like thing and they were original in it. But there's also a lot of the 90s uh right group in it there's so many cameos in this one this one has like the most cameos ever it has it does have the most cameos uh in terms of cameos it, it has my favorite ones out of the snl crew just because it was so fun to watch mm-hmm. all of the you know past well not all of the past but seeing past uh snl alumni current alumni yeah. and then future because there's a couple people that have not made it to the show yet but mm. would later on okay they all seem to have like these cameos and you're like well this is just like an <laughs> snl celebration with mm. such an odd yeah. choice of characters to make this snl kind of thing yeah <laughs> and and not even just snl cameos but general comedy cameos like yeah sinbad is in it uh, there are very, very small, quick cameos by Eddie Griffin and um, Ellen DeGeneres. Like I didn't, yep. I wouldn't notice it was Ellen DeGeneres as the diving coach unless I like recognized her voice because she never yeah. looks at the camera, but she's like there, and it's hilarious. <laughs> and then Michael Richards and Jason Alexander from Seinfeld are both in it. Like it's just there's so many funny people in it, and it's such a yeah, like you said, bizarre concept of a movie. It's a it's a weird movie. I find myself conflicted with Coneheads. There are times I'll watch it where I laugh really hard at it. Where yeah. I'm like, this is great. And then there are other times I watch it and I'm like, why the hell did this movie get made? Why am I watching it? Yeah. <laughs> I can never like have a consistent viewing experience <laughs> with it. But I still continue to watch it. So obviously I'm. I'm a big enough fan of it to keep yeah. watching it, but I think I'm a fan of just how I'm a fan of when Dan Aykroyd goes mm-hmm. full <laughs> weird. Cause yeah. you know, I, I absolutely love nothing but trouble. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think his approach to that and this is what I find entertaining. Cause it's just like, yeah, you took bizarre yeah. in a whole different like direction. And mm-hmm. what? <laughs> that's that's a good point i see nothing but trouble vibes in it when he goes to the dentist and like unhinges his jaw and you see like the several rows of teeth and his whole like chin falls it's yeah that's yeah. pretty gross and weird 
<laughs> and yes. not strictly necessary. Like most of the movie is about like just they just have cone shaped heads. But that's like another level they like just has to put in there, like give a weird mouth thing <laughs> that you can do. Uh, yeah, cone heads. Like I don't hate cone heads. I I rewatch it periodically. Mm. I chuckle, or I'm very confused by it. <laughs> Sometimes both. Sometimes I'm chuckling because I just can't believe that this movie actually <laughs> got made. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's still like having watched because my parents have like the big box set of the first handful of SNL seasons. And yeah. I used to watch those quite a bit. It's fun knowing like the original sketches and then mm-hmm. watching the movie. This is one of those movies though where they really did kind of fall into the trap of like, we're just going to try and recreate the sketches mm-hmm. or have like little moments of the sketches into the show or into the movie. Mm-hmm. And it just, it never lands quite the same. And I think mm-hmm. the cone heads were that first indication that maybe not all SNL characters really need to even have a movie thought to them. Yeah. And it also probably didn't help that they were trying to kind of re or resurrect a very old SNL mm-hmm. sketch. Yeah. But mix it with like young generation humor, which mm-hmm. did not really meld all that well. Yeah. Cause you know, I know my mom and dad, you know, big fans of original SNL. They mm-hmm. thought original conehead sketches were weird, dumb and funny. Mm hmm. But when they saw the movie, I know both of them were like, well, what is this? Interesting. <laughs> like, this isn't, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it didn't like it didn't have that same kind of humor to it. Okay. So Coneheads is an interesting one to me. Yeah, I could see that certainly not not being for everybody. Um, I didn't I have seen some of the original ones, but I didn't like have a love for it before I mm-hmm. saw the movie. I saw them kind of all around the same time. And so. I for me, I just I enjoy the movie. I think it's it is weird and and funny and just kind of bizarre. But I think that's a lot of the reason it works, too. And it's like I like how they these these very ridiculous looking people or creatures that nobody really comments on or even mentions like, hey, you have a big (laughs) head. Like I think one guy does. But in general, everybody's just very polite. You're just a normal guy that has a weird head and weird teeth and you're just a weird guy. And, and he can fix electronics like no one's business. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it also has a a kind like it has a good story. I think to to make it be drawn out into a full movie, I think that the like the whole INS stuff with the their illegal aliens from space and they're trying to bust them, I think that that's pretty well done. David Spade is really funny obviously. Yeah, I well, and I actually I love the INS. Uh, yeah, Michael McKean, Michael McKean and David Spade as the INS agents. I thought is actually really, really mm-hmm. funny. Uh, it's David Spade's style of humor. He's sarcastic. Yeah, major kiss ass. Those two together. Very funny. Um, in no way do I think it's like a, a bad movie. I actually do find it funny. I think it's the absurdity of it is what works for it. I do think it's a weird choice and everything I said earlier, I definitely agree with, but it is funny. It's just so odd and absurd. 
but that I think that's when Dan Aykroyd might be having the most fun is when he's being as weird as possible. If that makes sense. Plus, it's nice to see Jane Curtin being in something again. She was always really funny in the uh, old cast of SNL. We can't mention Coneheads without bringing up Chris mm-hmm. Farley has yeah. like a prominent role in this movie. Yeah, and his it's role great. Is pretty funny. It's great to see more of him. He had a very small part in Wayne's World, and it's nice <laughs> to see him like have a legit role that he gets to like be in and. And he was such a great actor and character that it's fun to watch. I do genuinely find his character in this hilarious to watch because he's such Mm -hmm. a douche when you first meet him. (laughs) And then seeing him trying to be like in love and trying to make amends for being a douche is just funny to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's he does. He plays a good job, does a good job playing enamored with this conehead girl who's like this teenage uh, teenage alien and i don't know if they expressly like intended this when they wrote it but i was really getting a strong message that i don't think i've ever gotten in a movie before which is for people that like are immigrants that come from a very strong culture and then they have kids here and their kids are like first generation Mm -hmm. citizens of that place that their kids don't know anything about where they came from. They're not connected right. to it. They And so I got a big, like, in a weird way, because obviously it's a different planet, not a different country, but the same kind of thing holds, that she doesn't know anything about her home country, doesn't care about it, doesn't... Uh, she's a she's very, she's very different than her parents, and her parents yeah. are trying to hold on to the old ways, hold on to their culture and all this stuff. And so it was kind of... Like had a lot of meaning for a movie about weird uh, alien people, cone-headed just, aliens. <laughs> yeah, full of comedic moments. So I appreciate it. I, 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 I appreciated good. that. I appreciated that. Um, I never thought of it as like a a lesson in the film, but it's funny that you say that because kind of seeing that side of the story came out fairly prominent to me this time around watching mm-hmm. it, where I was like, oh, this is a. This is a odd moment for me from such mm-hmm. a stupid movie, like stupid, mm-hmm. funny movie, but a child that's like not as connected to the old ways or connected to yeah, uh, lineage kind of stuff, pre- previous legacy yeah. kind of aspect, not lineage, yeah. legacy, uh, yeah. and wanting to do their own thing. Very interesting concept. Uh, I'm glad that they never really have a full resolution to that. because i don't feel you get an actual resolution to that (laughs) kind of conflict i'm living it uh yeah (laughs) it's just kind of it's just something that exists and it's good to understand is tricky or yeah yeah complicated for everybody involved for the for the kids and for the parents it's like it's just a thing that you need to adapt to and it's good to be aware of it's very awkward it's frustrating and awkward so i felt for for Beldar. <laughs> <laughs> for the first time you've connected Yeah, yeah, with I felt like, oh, this is a weird connection to have with him, with yeah. this character. Um, <laughs> not in terms of lessons learned from Coneheads, but just mm-hmm. general, this is funny, is yeah. when they do make it back to their planet mm-hmm. and he has to fight that monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. 
<laughs> few things go through my head watching it in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I take that scene as kind of a spoof, kind of a play on Star Wars. Yeah. And the monster style is very much like the Rancor from Jedi, yeah. kind of. And it's it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I also couldn't help but think of Harry Potter and mm. the Goblet of Fire. Now, before people freak out, <laughs> the way he hides behind the columns and he's yeah, like the last one to go up against the monster. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I can watch Harry Potter the same now because I'm just going to yeah. picture. They Bobar. stole it. They from stole Coneheads. it. <laughs> Damn you, J.K. Rowling or yeah. Chris Columbus, whoever directed that one. <laughs> <laughs> but both of them. Damn yous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Coneheads did it first. Coneheads did it first, but I started laughing really hard. And then to beat this creature with a golf stroke, mm-hmm. I was like, Golf is not a useless sport. It's actually very, <laughs> yeah, it's, very it's, useful. It is now practical in the ways of fighting alien <laughs> monsters. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of fun things like that. Probably my favorite dumb joke of the movie is the chewing gum, which is actually a, a condom. condom. And it's hilarious to me initially. And then I, I cannot not laugh when they blow the bubble with it. <laughs> and it goes <laughs> See, I laugh at not just when they they blow it up, yeah, but when they retract it and start chewing on it. For some <laughs> reason, the rubbery sound to it, yeah, is so like a squeak. Worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Good foley work in this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like like I, I'll I'll shit on Coneheads a little bit, but the truth is. Yeah, it's funny. I do it enjoy is. it. Even those times where I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> I'm still watching it. I'm still voluntarily yeah. enjoying it. So, yeah, I like that kind of I <laughs> I think we've established I am a big fan when movies completely understand what they are. Yeah. And they lean into it. I think that's especially when it comes to comedy. I love it when they just mm-hmm. like, or B movies, especially where they're like, you know mm-hmm. what? We know what we're doing. So yeah. let's just, we'll play it serious and we're going to lean mm-hmm. really heavy into this. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. That's when it works. And Coneheads does this pretty well. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so that very same year, Wayne's world two came out. Yep. yep. And it's it. You can't help, but feel like it had to have been, rushed after the success of the first yes, one because because 1992 <laughs> Wayne's World comes out 1993 Wayne's World 2 comes out and granted they're used to writing a sh- hilarious show every week that is under the gun but uh, movies could maybe use a little bit more time a little well, more okay. concept Wayne's World 2 yeah you can you tell right off the bat yeah this is a sequel there's mm-hmm. a little added things to it. They got bigger actors. Christopher Walken stars in this one now, mm-hmm. um, which is hilarious to me. But it I, is it's especially hilarious to me considering his famous. He plays a music producer. Yep. He's famous for a music producer role in SNL in the Blue Oyster Cult. Well, I mean, that came, Mello, that came right? later on for younger yeah. generations. Christopher Walken was famous way before yeah. that. But for the younger generations, he yeah, that blew him up. Producer. 
Um, <laughs> I laugh because watching him dance in Wayne World, Wayne's World 2 reminded me of his dance for that uh, Fatboy Slim music video that came out in like the early 2000s. Did you ever see that? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my about. God. Okay. So as I talk, I'm going to send you a video for you to just check out. Walking. Fatboy Slim. Yep. Ooh, it's called of Weapon of Choice. Found it. So go ahead and just oh, like, hey. go ahead and watch that while we're talking. You're going to start cracking okay. up because you're going to be like, wow, Christopher Walken has had the same handful of dance moves his entire life, which is truth for all of us men. All of us okay. average men have the same dance moves. Oh, <laughs> oh, we're screen sharing. Oh, my God. Check this out. This is a if new this feature. This crash my internet. We've never done this before. Yeah, with as shoddy as your internet is, I'm sure this will work out great. Yeah, uh, yeah. this crashes my internet. It was a good idea or a good attempt. I get Fiverr on Tuesday. <laughs> it's trying so hard. Yeah, it's like all my packets are blocked. This is kind of funny. If well, this anyways, worked, it would have like, been a lot funnier. It would have been, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually, you know, I actually don't mind Wayne's world too. Yeah. You can tell that it was yeah. rushed. You can tell that it, it falls into the sequel trope where they try to do something bigger and it doesn't mm-hmm. quite work as well with the whole idea of him wanting to put on uh what does he call it? Wayne Palooza or something like that. Uh, Wayne stock Wayne stock. Thank you. Um, there you go. There's a generational moment. Instead of going with the Woodstock aspect, I went with Wallapalooza. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't think it's going to work. We, uh, Chris Walken sitting in a chair. We can see. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally worth it to see him sitting in that chair. <laughs> I told you, same dance moves. Anyways, uh, I actually kind of rewatching it this week. I was like, man, I feel I can't help but feel that Wayne's World 2 is kind of an underrated sequel. Yeah, because it's still very funny. They didn't change too much of their formula. They still maintained like the breaking of the fourth wall. His recap of the events of the first movie is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Christopher Walken is like low key the funniest person. Christopher Walken is just this is fantastic. He's a gem. He's so good. So good. Like, I'm not even a Fatboy Slim fan, but I could rewatch this music video just for Christopher mm-hmm. Walken over and over again. And guess what? I have. <laughs> <I'm sure> <laughs> <he> <laughs> See right there. He does very yeah. similar dance moves in Wayne's World, too. That's fair. <laughs> All right. See? You get the idea. Yep. So that's why you should go check out the YouTube, because we play videos now, apparently. Apparently. Oh, wait, don't look at my notes. Stop oh my sharing. god it's all of his notes and his incredibly full desktop what are you doing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i have things i need to do how many i'm a very busy man need. sure i actually don't use any of them i don't know why i have them there that's when we do the the click we drag and we go trash bin. <laughs> yeah i should do that <laughs> But and I totally agree with you. I think that Wayne's World is certainly not bad. I think it's very enjoyable, very fun. It's it. I think it does get caught up a little bit more in yeah. being the sequel to the movie as opposed to the movie from the sketch. Yeah. So yeah. 
that transition is a little bit weird, but it's still fun. Again, Chris Farley has a bigger role in this one than he does mm-hmm. in the other one as the the roadie and uh, all of the roadies, like the way they put on the stuff. There's a lot of references for like music fans and things. Yeah, it's it's the references are very fun and very cool. And uh, and Charlton Heston has a cameo. <laughs> Heston does have a cameo. And it's <laughs> such a like tongue in cheek cameo too, where Wayne is mm-hmm. like, can we get a better actor to do this line? And then Charlton yeah. Heston steps in. He's like, all <laughs> right. I know it's a small <laughs> part, but can we get a good actor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, there's a lot of good jokes in it. It is fun. I would say it is like, significantly less memorable than the first mm-hmm. one yeah but it's still enjoyable like rewatching it this week i was oh yeah I'm laughing just as much as i did in that first one because <laughs> like this is all right yeah all right <laughs> you know yeah yeah and, and you get to see aerosmith it, perform which is fun and i think it works so well i think it works so well because again it's primarily based on the premise of them being these characters and they are fully committed to being those guys. Yeah. And that they are hilarious. And there's a lot of funny moments like when Garth, (laughs) Garth's like romance that he has. And, uh, and the, when he like comes out after the fact, after he had sex and he's like talking like, (laughs) uh, Cary Grant. (laughs) Yep. He's got like full on Cary Grant. It's just hilarious i love it <laughs> um i my favorite parts of the movie okay so the parts that make me laugh the hardest mm-hmm. one is the terrible jim morrison uh <laughs> dream version that shows up yeah that's just funny to me but a very uh, good sammy davis jr by okay tim meadows. well that's tim meadows before he was a cast member on snl okay yeah, that's he, hilarious because he, he did his Sammy yet. Davis Jr. He used to do a Sammy Davis Jr. on SNL. Yeah, and so I just yeah. assumed it was after. That's hilarious. See? Fun little like, oh look at this, um, yeah, the naked Indian butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What makes that joke that gag so work so well is they acknowledge it. Like, what's mm-hmm. with the butt? <laughs> like, yeah, I thought that was a little weird too. Yeah, a little much. like the fact that they acknowledge that makes that gag work for the entire film and i like that they never go away from it they just keep doing it and you're just (laughs) like i guess this is what we're doing now yeah those are the the little bits that make me laugh the hardest during that movie yeah and i think that's that's what kind of saves it from being just a horrible sequel Mm -hmm. um because they just like no we'll just lean into the joke and we'll just let it be <laughs> like yeah. works really well. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I like Lane's world too, quite a bit. Yep. So the next movie that came out in 1994, it's Pat the movie. <sighs> <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. I can't believe this is a movie. Part of the problem is it was one of my least favorite characters on the show. Yep. Back then. Like I had, Never really thought it was that hilarious that there's this character and that's whole shtick is you don't know what gender they are. Right. But and that's the whole premise of the movie. <laughs> it works so much better in 90 second blips. Yeah. Than it does. Yeah. In a 90 minute movie. That's true. Because um, the most you can get out of that is, oh, this is slightly awkward. And then it's over. And then you move on. And that's <laughs> yeah. where this it is. Oh, it's slightly awkward. 
Oh, it's slightly awkward again. Oh, it's slightly awkward for an hour and a half. Yeah. And then they introduce another character who has the same problem. And you're like, yeah. What? As much as I love Dave Foley, that is not a great this is not, way it, to utilize him. If you're him. curious to know Dave Foley, don't watch him in this movie no. because you'll never want to watch him in another movie ever yeah. again. Yeah. Um, this is the movie. I did not smile. I didn't laugh. Okay. I didn't chuckle. Like I had nothing during mm. this movie, which was really disappointing for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think I laughed once, but I don't remember what at, and I think it was something I probably wasn't supposed to laugh at. I think it wasn't even at like at the main character it was at like some background thing. And I maybe have been so, I maybe was so desperate to laugh that I just, <laughs> you that just catharsis. forced one to come out. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was kind of a joke. That was like almost a real joke. Yeah, I I hated this movie. I really don't have anything to say about it. Yeah. Um, it was horrible. It's not funny. Mm-hmm. It's obnoxious and not in a funny, like even slightly funny way. Yeah. Uh, having Kathy Griffin try to play a very grounded character yeah annoyed me which put me in kind of a conundrum because i'm not a kathy griffin fan in general i think she's obnoxious irritating and yeah should not be around so to see her as a grounded character (laughs) you would think i'd be like all right she's calm but just seeing her on screen i was like (laughs) yeah i don't like you i just i don't like anything about you (laughs) i already didn't like her and now you're next to all these other things i'm growing to not like (laughs) (laughs) it's just as a a stew of things i don't like yeah uh you can skip this one folks in fact you kind of will because it's so like it's almost like snl studios or Lauren michaels even had the thought of yeah we're never doing this crap again yeah uh it was one of the ones I'd never heard of. I didn't know. Yeah. I was like, they made a movie about that character? Well, and they never made... So, Julie Sweeney, who played the, the character, she mm-hmm. never played that character again on SNL during the rest of her time oh, there. Really? It was just like the character was completely buried. Everyone they killed was, it. Yeah. Uh, and she was like genuinely distraught at the critical and audience failure that yeah. was this film. Which I get. I mean, when you create something and it gets mm-hmm. so you put a lot like, of yourself unabashedly into it. destroyed by the masses, I can't imagine that feels very good or oh, makes sure. you have any kind of confidence in yourself as a creator. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I feel for her for in that aspect. Uh, I could. I could certainly see if once you if you're reading those reviews and reading that stuff, you're like, oh well, I can't do this ever again because right. if I try to like. If I try to force this on people after having this response, I'm going to look like an asshole. So let's just not yeah. do it. Uh, there is a funny little tidbit, though, that comes with this movie that I found while watching old sketches. This popped mm. up. It was an interview okay. with Norm MacDonald on Conan, actually. <laughs> okay. Uh, <Love> Norm MacDonald. <laughs> where Norm said, like, right after he joined the cast for the first, you know, when he first joined SNL, Mm-hmm. He was partying with the cast and Chris Farley took him aside and told mm-hmm. him, do you want to hear the biggest secret of SNL? And oh, Norman was like, of course. And so Farley yeah. was like, all right, all right, I'm going to tell you, are you ready? <laughs> and as, as I'm watching this clip, I'm like, what would be the biggest secret of SNL? It's got to be a joke. It's got to be something dumb, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, Farley <laughs> goes, norm. Pat is a girl and left <laughs> it at that. And I was like, 
You know what? I totally get <laughs> if that is the big SNL secret. And Chris yeah. Farley was like, I don't care. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Which that, that, I kind of, I totally buy that. I, yep. There were several times that I saw sketches and I was like, okay, so it has to be a girl. But yeah. also, who cares? Nobody cares. Stop making movies about it. It's very yeah. upsetting. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Bad. to. I don't know how this movie is would be received now. It's very, like, because, you know, transgender is like a big thing now. Oh, okay. Let me say this. You, you brought this up. I was wondering it, which one of us would bring it up. And Let's when. have a modern podcast and talk about modern issues. Let's get into it. Uh, not going modern. Well, <laughs> I'll make one comment and then we'll move on to <laughs> what movie came out after that. Was it Stuart? Stuart saves his family. Okay. So I'll make my comment and then we'll go on to Stuart. Cause I have a few things to say about Stuart saves his family <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> as do I, uh, none, not well, blues brothers to me would be the only one out of all of their movies mm-hmm. that would probably still be able to make be made today. Yeah. All of their other movies, there is not a chance in hell any of these could ever be rebooted for modern audiences. Mm. Not a chance. (laughs) And I came to that full, like, 100%. Yep. While I watched The Ladies Man, I was like, there is no way any of these films would work today. Even McGruber, which only came out 11 years ago, still was like, this is pushing it a lot. Yeah, there's there's plenty in it that I was like, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's so kind of crazy. Go ahead and skip. It's Pat the movie. It's yeah, it is so bad. Like yeah, it's kind of from the very beginning, the whole thing. It is not enjoyable. So bad. I was watching. I was like, ah, it I has been a while since watching. I watched a movie where yeah, like you said, right off the bat, I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is, oh my God. And it just got yeah. worse and worse yeah. and worse. It's the kind of movie that you're like, somebody should have stopped this from happening. <laughs> somebody like, in the process. How, There's a lot of people that go into making a movie. <laughs> somebody should have how said. Did none of them go. I think we should shut down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe back to the drawing board with this one. <laughs> so bad. Anyway. Anyway, so very next year, 1995, Stuart Saves His Family came out starring Senator Al Franken. Right. Who right. I don't Bef- know if before he I was like full on politician. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if a lot of people may only know the politician and don't know Al Franken was on SNL first. Yeah. Um, Started pretty, off as a, a comic. Yeah, pretty crap politician, but that's all we're going to say about that. The weirdest thing about this movie to me. So first of all. I don't care for this movie either. And I didn't care for the character either on TV. And it blows my mind that this was directed by Harold Ramis. Yeah. Um, this is the most dramatic of all yeah. the SNL films. It's basically not a comedy. Yeah. There, it's basically ba- not a comedy at all. There's barely jokes in it. It's very dramatic, like very serious about serious family problems and his 
how he has affected as a person because of the family he grew up in. Yeah. There's a full-blown intervention, which is very serious. Not like a How I Met Your Mother intervention, like a real intervention. Real intervention that does not go well. In fact, it's yeah. a pretty short-lived intervention with no real resolution to it. Um, yeah. The movie does not leave you feeling fun. It doesn't leave mm-hmm. you feeling good. When it ended mm-hmm. after I watched it, I was like, what? Yeah. Like... It, it has... took a character that seemed like maybe partly hypochondriac, maybe mm-hmm. like just somebody who likes support groups and likes support and likes all this like stuff into someone that you do totally understand why he has all the problems that he has. And yeah, Stuart saves his family to me. If it had been marketed as like actual drama, if mm-hmm. it wasn't based on an SNL character, I think the movie would probably be very well received. Yeah, he sticks out as like a sore thumb because he, the character is played as if he should be funny. He's doing a funny voice, doing funny mannerisms, saying funny things, like saying things in a funny way. But everybody around him is like super serious, super, super serious, dramatic. Super dramatic. Uh, yeah, like I didn't hate it as much as I did its, its predecessor. Um, yeah. But I didn't like it because I, I felt did, like it, I wasn't ready for it. Like I may like yeah. it if I was in if I was going into a family drama thing. But I, even even because I thought about maybe I should now that I know what the movie is actually like, maybe I should rewatch it with that aspect or that uh, perspective. Yeah. But you brought it up and you brought it up really well. I don't think I would still enjoy it all that much because everyone else feels more grounded, more realistic. Yeah. He genuinely feels like he's still trying to play an mm-hmm. SNL sketch character where he's forcing all of his stuff, mm-hmm. forcing this character out. Yeah. So I still don't think I would find it like that great of a film just because yeah. he just doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. If it was more like if we saw darker sides of him or like more emotional sides of him, I think, Mm -hmm. or if it didn't feel so much of like, I'm wearing the exact same outfit for the entire film, because normally this is all I wear during my (laughs) quick Mm -hmm. sketch. Uh, Yeah. I just, I feel it's such a weird movie. Yeah. And I think it, it has, it has similar problems that it's Pat has where, the characters are not really that likable. Right. They're like, their main stick is like, oh, I'm a weird person that just is different from everybody else in the world. And, and they're kind of self obsessed in a way. Like mm-hmm. both of them want to have like a radio, like a show on the TV or the radio or whatever. And they want to become famous or become whatever. And they're kind of narcissistic. Like they're just, not that likable characters. And yeah, I don't really know why you would make them the star of a Their movie. quirkiness isn't the saving part. Like other characters who are very quirky, very weird, awkward, mm-hmm. it works because it's just, well, that's mm-hmm. the character. You you find entertainment and kind of the humor of that. These characters, yeah. you're like, but why? You know, the yeah. best part of watching the old Stuart uh, sketches isn't for him. You watch it for when he has a guest on to see if they'll break mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. mirror or break talking to each other. You know, and you watch the Charles Barkley one. That one's mm-hmm. hilarious, not because of Stuart, but because watching Charles Barkley try not to break character <laughs> as himself. 
and then having to look in the mirror and realizing (laughs) that he's still going to laugh, but be on camera. Like that's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This movie though was not funny. It's such a serious film. And I, I get a little, when movies try to like poke fun at alcoholism, Mm -hmm. I have a natural kind of like, uh, like aversion to Mm -hmm. it just because alcoholism is not necessarily hilarious. Did you take away that it was poking fun at it? At times I felt like that was supposed to add to kind of a bit of the joke um, or substance abuse to be part of the joke, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is weird because I like, I love stoner comedies, Mm -hmm. but there was something about just, the environment of Stewart's family in this where with the substance, mm-hmm. you know, with smoking weed or just drinking all the time, I took mm-hmm. that very much. Like, are you trying to show this as a joke? Like, mm-hmm. cause it's, it's coming across kind of bad. And I, I don't yeah. know if that's just my personal thing. I can handle all this other stuff, but alcoholism to me, not necessarily mm-hmm. a good comedic choice, depending on how you <laughs> yeah. work with it. I know. And they, they I don't think they worked with it well because a, lo- a there were large portions of the movie where it was taken very seriously and it was yeah. like this this dad is an alcoholic and that's how it affects all these people in the family. It, it forced the brother into being an alcoholic, forced Stuart away from him. Like they have all these problems with him. But at the same time, yeah, it is it is treated as a joke in a lot of ways at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so it's awkward and it's like off it's not balanced. Maybe it's that's where I, I felt kind of got a little bit of the off putting was uh, the brother. So I I'm a fan of Vincent D'Onofrio. Great yeah. actor. Great in darker comedy kind of roles. And he's mm-hmm. obviously a darker comedic character in this, but them trying to like make him an awkward comedic aspect as he's like mm-hmm. suffering from watching his dad be an alcoholic and he's following suit. Mm-hmm. maybe that's where I took it as like this yeah. is weird this is yeah <laughs> he's like kind of becoming an alcoholic to be able to bond with his dad yeah in a weird um, way it's weird I, I'm i sure I have so many hypocritical whatever about mm-hmm. how I feel about al- alcoholism being comedic um, sure. you know I I love The Office Meredith is one of the funniest characters on the show <laughs> but she's I don't consider her an actual alcoholic. She just parties all the time. She's like this old lady stuck in party mode, but there are aspects that could be weird and I forgive the show for it, but I think it's because of how they approach it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they did a smarter job of approaching that. They do a much better job of balancing. Oh, this is funny or weird. This is serious. We need to actually address this. And and then they'll actually address it. Uh, The movie Stewart saves his family. I just feel it's a little too stumbly. And how do we handle such a uh, very real problem? And I, yeah. I'm not sure that the movie does it well. Yeah. Not a big yeah. fan of Stuart saves his family. Yeah. I just wasn't. It tries to tackle a lot of problems. Maybe it's too many at once. Yeah. Or maybe the problem was they tried to do this using an SNL sketch character. I, like I said yeah. earlier, had it not been that, I think the movie may have actually worked, but if this was an indie movie with like ev- everybody else is the same and you put somebody else in Stewart's role, it would probably be like great. if would- Joseph Gordon Levitt played Stewart, but not as yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Not as uh, Al Franken. 
<laughs> yeah. I think the movie would work incredible. I think it would yeah. be. Oh, I just got your text. Um, I know. I just <laughs> saw that. I was like, frickin' finally. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's just it's a weird one. I don't yeah. have too much more. So about I, it. I recommend skipping that one as well. Yeah. yeah. No real point. Um, and then in 1998, was that four years later? Five, yeah. three years later, uh, Blues Brothers 2000. A little bit early, two years early than yep. the millennium. Um, and Elephant in the Room, very weird in everybody's opinion to make a Blues Brothers movie without John Belushi. Yeah. So I saw this when I was a kid, obviously younger. Um, massive fan of that first one. I remember being very hesitant about this one, even at that young age. Yeah. <laughs> Just being like, yeah. I don't think this is going to work. This, this seems mm-hmm. like a bad idea. And then my, uh, my dad and I watched it together and it was a bad idea. I've, I did <laughs> not rewatch this one this week. This is the one that I did not get around to rewatching. Okay. Uh, but I, I also didn't really have a strong desire to rewatch it <laughs> because yeah. the few times I have watched it, I did not like it. I think the cast mm-hmm. is really good. I'm I'm really bummed that I don't like John Goodman in this movie. I don't. <laughs> I'm bummed that I don't like Dan Aykroyd in this movie. Yeah, um, it's just, just hard to put like it. This movie. I think it's it's hard to put a full movie on Elwood's shoulders and in the movie say Jake died just and and now Elwood needs. It's just a weird premise. It's like okay, so. We know John Belushi died. That's tragic. Uh, let's make a Blues Brothers movie without him. Say Jake died. And now Elwood needs to go and make this new band. He'll have this 10-year-old kid that follows him around instead of his brother. And yeah, John Goodman will also join the band. And it just doesn't work. They, you, they obviously do try to add a ton of musical talent. Like if you watch the opening credits, there's tons of musicians and blues musicians and jazz musicians. In right, it. right. So it's it's but yeah, it doesn't come close to the first. Yeah, to me, it has a lot that should work for it. Um, But there's just it's such a like for me, it was such an empty kind of feel to it. I Mm -hmm. could not get into it. I've watched it a few times over the years and I'm constantly just like, yeah, Mm. I just I, I don't. I cannot get into it. And I don't know. Maybe it is because like there's no Jake. Yeah, maybe, you know, John Belushi's absence. Obviously, they can't have him back. He died. Right. Uh, right. But maybe his absence really is that like has that kind of effect where you watch it and you're just like, mm-hmm. there's a whole very unique element missing. And to try to fill that element with John Goodman, as awesome as John Goodman is. Yeah. I almost feel like you're setting John Goodman up for failure in that aspect yeah. of being like, we need you to in a way emulate Jake Elwood. Yeah. But you can't actually be Jake Elwood. Yeah. And it just, he's not as physical or disrespectful or whatever. He just doesn't fit. Yeah. So I, this one just doesn't work for me. I, yeah. I, just, I don't think it does any of the other <laughs> great, great things as well either. It doesn't have the like fantasy or weird things that happen in it as much. And it doesn't do like, I mean, it would also be, I would be criticizing probably the same way if it did try to do, oh, we have need to have all these car chases we had from the first one again, that wouldn't be good either. So 
you're you're it's a good reason to not do it because you're damned if you do damned if you don't right just right don't, just don't do it i just i kind of feel like it very unnecessary i think yeah at the point that it came out mm-hmm. i i really feel like dude your your time was you you made yeah. your mark you don't need mm-hmm. to try again like do something and it's different. it's almost 20 years after the first one we're through like two more generations of cast members now like we're about to go into it came out the same year as night of the rockbury which came out next and so we have a whole new set of cast members snl has changed viewers have changed yeah and so to try and like revamp a very generational sketch idea music even right difficult and i just don't got people listening to like to like Britney Spears now, and it's <laughs> right. just—I mean, I get it. Blues is timeless, but it just doesn't work. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that I feel like that is like the lull, mm-hmm. and then it starts to go up again because I do really enjoy a night at the Roxbury. Night at the Roxbury. Yep. Very. This was I love night at the Roxbury. Yeah. I think it's so <laughs> stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it's so dumb. It's it is, and it's such based on such a simple sketch, yep. which is just two guys dancing, being weird, obnoxious, inappropriate, yeah. and obviously around the time this came out, and since Will Ferrell was already on a trajectory of superstardom and hilarious comedy act, but I really feel like Chris Kattan shines so much in this movie, and. I, I I if I forgot how much I loved Chris Kattan and I, I still love him. So I much. feel bad for Chris Kattan because he should have had a great career. But I remember very specifically. Yeah. When he made Corky Romano. Yeah. I feel like that's what killed his entire career. Like to go yeah. from SNL beloved cast member, you make Corky mm-hmm. Romano, which even when I was younger and loved that style of comedy and still love mm-hmm. that style. I remember watching that movie and just being like, this, this sucks. Like, this is a bad movie. <laughs> like, yeah. this, that dude's career, I do think ended too early. I think I've always wondered, like, why doesn't he try making a, like some comebacks? There's so many mm-hmm. comedies. Well, why, why doesn't he try to like get in on a comedy to come out? <laughs> well, I went, I started going down a Chris Kattan rabbit hole because okay. I was looking at the, his, the IMDb page for Roxbury, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And then there was an article at the bottom that said uh, that Chris Kadan alleges Lauren Michaels pressured him to have sex with Anne Heckerling to save the Roxbury movie. And so I was like, going to the article. And apparently in 2019, when he put out his book, um, which is called Baby Don't Hurt Me, yeah, uh, he alleged, let's be legal here, he alleged that... Uh, he was pressured into feeling like he had to keep um, the director, the director of Clueless, um, Amy Heckerling, uh, happy in order to make the Roxbury movie happen. Uh, apparently, he wrote in his book that he did have sex with her, uh, and it was consensual, he says, but he felt that her office and Lord Michaels telling him, I'm not saying you need to have sex with her, but keep her happy. That kind of thing uh, made him feel like he had to. And then he also, I guess in his book talks about, he had like a big neck injury, neck injury in a sketch. And he had like an opioid addiction for a while. 
so I feel like it's one of those stories that real life just got in the way. He didn't really have the time or the push by other people mm-hmm. to like make a career happen. And so a great talent was kind of squandered in my opinion. I, I do agree. Cause I always thought his characters on SNL were funny. They were so yeah. over the top, so insane, but that's what yeah. made them so funny to me. Great energy, great physical you know, comedy. I remember after watching night at the Roxbury, I remember thinking like, Oh, they they're totally going to make a mango movie. Like, yeah, I could see them making a full mango film <laughs> and then it never yeah. happened. Uh, I still think a mango film would be funny. <laughs> I, would. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> Put it on the record. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've always kind of like felt bad for Chris Kattan. I know mm-hmm. watching I at the Roxbury is also bittersweet because this is a movie that led to him and Will Ferrell never working together again. Will Ferrell was very mm-hmm. upset with him over his relationship. I don't know the details and all this, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they they essentially just severed ties together. They never worked on a sketch together on SNL after this, even though they were still wow. on the show for another like two years afterwards. They just Crazy. never, there was no more collaboration. There was nothing left there. I've Dang. always felt that's a bummer. Cause I've always been one that's been like, Will Ferrell should put some <laughs> of his old, like fellow mm-hmm. cast members, whether it's a full, like a little cameo or a full role. Like yeah. I would love to see those those moments Mm -hmm. we're probably never going to see them but yeah well yeah that's kind of what we talked in the adam sandler episode about that he'll bring in like rachel dratch like of all people like just random castmates who are hilarious people that you haven't seen in a while and you're happy to see show up consistently yeah i mean every time molly shannon like randomly pops into a movie that i'm watching i'm always like oh my god (laughs) yeah she's so great so she has a small role in roxbury but she's so great. And every time I see her like in a serious movie, she's always like, oh, that neighbor or that like person. I'm like, I freaking love Molly Shannon. She's so right. like nice and funny and sweet and clever and dimples. And she's just great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but going back tonight at the Roxbury. Yeah. I love it because it is so stupid. It was yeah. such a great like <laughs> you took one of the dumbest sketches on SNL that made everybody mm-hmm. laugh all the time because of how yeah. dumb it was. Yeah. And although you made it into a movie, I still feel they didn't change mm-hmm. the idea of the characters. I feel like they didn't change how yeah. to approach them. It was still like, no, they're, they're going to be dumb. They're going to, mm-hmm. but now we're going to make it a little worse where they're like <laughs> non-successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they, they actually don't have money to buy drinks at the clubs. <laughs> they can't even get into all the clubs they want to go into, but they're yeah. obsessed with this nightlife lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Com- kind of s- completely unaware of their own like ridiculousness that yeah. they, they are completely convinced that their outfits are cool. Their hair is cool. Their necklaces are cool. Uh, yeah, and they're just kind of stuck in a time, stuck in a capsule of like, this is what we need to do. This is cool. This is <laughs> yeah. how we get chicks. Even though we've never gotten chicks, it's never worked out, but we're convinced this will work. <laughs> and I, I laugh now. I, I, did, I never, like every time that they do the like this thing yeah. together, I'm like, 
I didn't know when I was a kid that I was like, oh, they're they're being the 80s. They're being like they're on cocaine constantly uh, doing the nose thing for people that aren't watching the video. Um, yeah. And, and so th those kinds of like little details, it's like, oh, that's just a weird mannerism to do. But it's also kind of grounded in this persona or character. Yeah. There. Yeah. Where they're stuck in that. Mm -hmm. It's weird to say. But I could see them encountering Patrick Bateman by accident at a nightclub, <laughs> you know, not being murdered oh, yeah. by him, but just being like that because they're kind of a satire <laughs> on that. I, yeah. I like that the movie just like, no, instead of being in the 80s, now they're here. And I love that they even mm -hmm. make fun of the cell phones where they're in their 20s and their their mom <laughs> and dad are still running their lives. <laughs> the mom, I don't want you leaving without a phone in case something <laughs> happens. And it's the 80s gray brick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I I laugh so hard every time I watch Night at the Roxbury just because <laughs> it leans so heavily into like and embraces so much mm -hmm. of just no, we'll be dumb for an hour and a half. Yeah. Not even a full hour and a half. It's like 82 minutes or something like that. <laughs> yeah, pretty short. <laughs> and yeah, and it, I think that they they are so great as these brothers and like they when like not just because they live together but when they like go out and they finally pick up chicks and when they like both have sex for the first time then they like come out of the room it's just <laughs> yeah. everything about it is hilarious and then they kind of like <laughs> break up and try to go their separate ways i think it's it's well written and it's a good story and it's it's worth a movie one of the funniest little like jokes it's not even a gag it's just it leads to a joke of mm -hmm. their dad runs a fake flower shop and they yeah. work there but i love when they see real flowers at a place and they're like wow <laughs> real flowers they're gonna die in a week i don't like it's such a great like they've got so yeah. much animos well chris Catan has so much animosity towards a real flower <laughs> it's just so funny to me <laughs> yeah and kind of pride in the family business uh, right even though he like <laughs> disrespects the family business so much yeah. I, yeah i also had to this is like a uh uh outdated moment for this movie but i mm -hmm. love seeing it in the film is him running the credit card yeah <laughs> those old machines and having to call it in just to like <laughs> oh man, yeah i love I mean, it ca keeps calling the same girl because he like has a crush on her even though he doesn't even know her name, he just knows like her He doesn't number. know her. He only knows her, her teller number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. And I think it's go back and see it if you haven't seen it in a long time. It is it's good. So and fun. you can also tell that this was when SNL or Lauren Michaels producing a film for Saturday mm -hmm. Night Live characters kind of understood the generational change yeah, where it was like, okay, so we had, you know, blues brothers in the eighties. We had Wayne's world in the nineties. Mm -hmm. Coneheads didn't technically work all that well. Blues brothers too, definitely didn't work at all. Yeah. And this was kind of their, like, we're going to give this generation of fans mm -hmm. their movie. And it does work. Yeah. Yeah, let's take the most successful sketch we have right now and turn it into right. a movie. And it, and it, I mean, it wasn't like a critical success, but I don't think any SNL film has been a critical no. success. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it didn't flop, and that's what matters. It didn't flop. <laughs>
so next, the very next year, speaking of Molly uh, Shannon, how much we love her, Superstar comes out. Superstar. I learned while watching it this week that my wife can quote an absurd amount of this movie. <laughs> she knows yeah. appar- apparently all of the words to it. <laughs> um, my ex-wife could quote this movie almost yeah. in its entirety, which was something I, <laughs> I remember not learning about her until after we had gotten married was her love for this <laughs> film. and being like, I thought you hated or would have hated this movie. And it turns out she's a big fan. Very big. Yeah. Fan. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was interesting watching this after Pat and the Pat and Stewart movies, because I was, I was asking myself what makes Mary Catherine Gallagher different from them. She is a weird character. That's weird the way nobody else is weird. She kind of sticks out. Uh, and she has like this grand, grandiose dream of being a superstar also, I think the reason it works is primarily because she's so like likable. She is sweet. Mm-hmm. Her her dream of being a super being a superstar is second to being kissed for the first time. Oh, right. And so she, she has kind of a wholesome, nice like character and goal. It's funny that you overall. say that she has a wholesome goal. She makes out with and feels up <laughs> a tree. Um, well, twice. Uh- <laughs> everybody starts somewhere. uh i think this movie works not just because molly shannon does such a great job with physical comedy yeah where she she did such a great job of like bringing back the idea of like what chris farley did yeah i think that's what made so much so many people of our generation or people of the 90s huge Mm -hmm. fans of hers was because we felt like we got Mm -hmm. a little bit of chris back from her which is yeah if if Molly Shannon ever stumbles across our show and hears me say that, <laughs> in all sincerity, it, that's how I mm-hmm. felt when I first saw her as Mary Catherine Gallagher was yeah. like, oh, my God, they found mm-hmm. an, another Chris Farley. So highest compliment to her for that. Yeah, it takes a lot of you do see that in her a lot. She will throw herself into a pile of chairs just for a joke and. And she's so good. And and it works. She reacts so well to it where she just like yeah. tries to play it off. She's standing mm-hmm. on the chair, still slipping, being like, yeah, still good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she'll she'll transition her inflection a lot like Farley did, where she'll be kind of talking quietly under her breath, whispering <laughs> and then just like have an outburst and and go crazy. And it's funny both times. It's funny before she the outburst. It's funny after the outburst. Yep. It's amazing. Um, I also really find it funny that they didn't try to cast young people in this movie. Yeah, everybody's in there. I think, and they don't try to make them look really young, which makes me laugh harder that it felt (laughs) like, no, this feels like an SNL skit filmed outside. And it probably works some of the best that they did it that (laughs) way. Where It was like, yeah, because I I remember watching her on SNL and being like, oh, yeah, I could watch more of Mary Catherine. Like she was always a character I could watch over and over again or more of. Mm. Um, I kind of had to laugh really hard when I realized that they weren't trying to youngify the cast. (laughs) when the popular girl at the school 
plays mm-hmm. the soon to be stepmom in the parent trap remake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like around that same time. <laughs> I was just like, this is fantastic. I love yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Absolutely. And the grandma in superstar is so mm-hmm. freaking funny. She's the yeah. mom from Mary Poppins, yeah. which makes it that much funnier <laughs> to me to go from such a yeah. wholesome character to like, <laughs> you aren't allowed to be a dancer or a superstar because your parents were <laughs> Irish dancers who died because record played too fast. You know, it's yeah. like... <laughs> and what are the chances of that happening it's, twice? Well, according to the movie, it happens <laughs> twice. <so. laughs> yeah, they tempted fate. Yeah, I... <laughs> I think Superstar is hilarious. I, I think mm-hmm. it also works well and still works well because of uh, you can just tell everyone's having fun with it. None of it feels mm-hmm. overly forced. It feels like, no, these are the characters. They're not trying to change a character mm-hmm. or add more to the character necessarily. They're just, mm-hmm. this is your character. <laughs> this is yeah. what we're doing. I I think it's so funny. I really do. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite like thing she does is because she works at a video rental store and rewinds videotapes for her job and just watches movies constantly. She will put on these like monologues from like the most inappropriate movies to be monologuing in public. Monologues are awesome. Her in the confession uh, booth monologuing Carrie is like (laughs) this is so wrong. I'm a slut. (laughs) It's just she commits to it a hundred percent and it's so good. Yeah. I think if there was any hesitation on her, the movie would not work at all. Yeah. But it's so Superstar is just fun because it's so it's, stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's great. So, ladies man. Ladies the man. ladies man. The latest man. Comes out in 2000. Okay. Even coming out in 2000, how yeah. did this movie get away with all the content that's in it. It's, I believe, their first R-rated movie, so that'll tell you something. Well, Blue, no, Blues Brothers was rated R. Was it? Yeah, because in they the dropped 80s? F-bombs. Uh, it was the 80s. Okay. Yeah. R for language. It's its first, like, it would be PG-13, mostly. Yeah, and it's it's the first raunchy yes. SNL comedy. You can tell that they're, I think, trying to go for the adult like like the college kids who now are into like adult raunchy yep. teen comedies yeah this is coming off the heels of the american pie film yeah uh, soon to be the second american pie film uh, yeah so obviously american pie kind of did shift that comedy spectrum where it was mm-hmm. oh now people really find the raunchier let's just blatantly make fun of sex comedy. <laughs> like that mm-hmm. was a thing now. Yeah. And yes, the ladies man of the SNL characters is a great one to showcase in making fun of like poking <laughs> fun at sex uh, mm-hmm. because he's so obsessed with it. Um, it's kind of funny recording this one and having to talk <laughs> about the ladies man. I can't say or quote <laughs> like anything from it. <laughs> yeah. Young, young ears because nearby. i have young ears in the vicinity <laughs> um yeah she's kind of rolling her eyes at me for saying that 
Well, she's a, but she yeah. should, when she's older and she can watch <laughs> this movie on her own, maybe she'll be like, thank you, dad. Thank yeah. you for not saying the I was able to be a, around me. Or... <laughs> I was able to be a kid for one more day. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I didn't, I don't know that I got from the show. I think I always thought he was, Tim Meadows was hilarious as the ladies man on the show because I thought that he was like really obsessed with sex and ladies, but kind of like the Roxbury guys couldn't really get sex. Right. But which you learn in this movie. No, he is very successful with the ladies. He has sex a lot. And apparently even with Mary ladies, like a lot, any lady all the time, that's his thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I find the movie funny. I do laugh pretty hard at it. There are a few things in it that I have a hard time with. Um, mm-hmm. One being, I kind of wish they would have made it so he was not that successful. <laughs> I think that would yeah. have been a funnier route to go. Yeah, um, it is. It is. I mean, it is kind of surprising, at least to me. Yeah, that well because the, that the women are that into him. Based like, on I the never sketch, I always took it the way you did, where like he talks a big game, but mm-hmm. there's nothing there. There's no follow up. Yeah. I always that was how I always <laughs> took the character. So to see him like overly mm-hmm. successful was mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, and all these women love him so much that they'll drop anything just to be with him. I he I do respect his big dreams of being a live-in house husband and boy toy who just wants to find a rich woman to take take care of him. Yep, nothing wrong with that. You do you. I have a problem with its overall message at the end of the. There's film. a message. There is. Okay. Tell me the message. So I. <laughs> I think the support group mm-hmm. of married men is mm-hmm. hilarious. I think yeah. Will Ferrell being the leader of the group mm-hmm. is even funnier considering his obsession with wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> that is different. That is that is oiled up oiled up Greco-Roman wrestling, not professional wrestling, completely different. Dude, I don't know. Maybe we should bring Christy into this and just let her they've watch got Will like, Ferrell. They've got like the 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 tight onesies, slings yep. with the they've got the headgear. If you got headgear on, it's not professional, it's just dorks in a gym. This is like uh, real wrestling has like robes and all tables and ladders and yeah a healthy amount of spandex and oiled up (laughs) there's nothing wrong with being oiled up now that Um, that you mention it jacked uh, especially yep (laughs) christy anyway what was the message (laughs) i'm losing track (laughs) uh so when he gets confronted by this support group finally yeah, of cuckolds. Yeah, and he has this <laughs> whole speech of, and the message of being like, you should just be there for your lady. Because mm-hmm. if you're just there for your ladies and they're not going to go around behind oh, your back. Their, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I that, that message doesn't sit well with me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say it's entirely their fault. It's, it's, it's kind of like it, the, their ladies have autonomy and can make like choices to be in the relationship or not as well they they can make yeah that yeah they they make that <laughs> choice it's not like they were yeah mm-hmm. so i have an, a slight problem with the overall message i like the idea of like hey you should put effort into your relationship um, for sure but to expand on that so that they don't 
go behind your back and cheat on you, I yeah. feel is like, Ooh. and that's it's not any of their responsibility. Yeah, you're All kind of, of your like, responsibility. You're taking away, yeah, consequence. You're taking away, like, well. If totally. you just would have done this, it all would have been fine. You're like, ah, mm-hmm. there's still decisions being made there. So, but that's yeah. the rest of the movie I find kind of funny. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do prefer the sketches over the movie for this one. I think yeah, he, I his character so. also works better in those little snippets because they always ended where you were like, I can't believe they did that or said that on yeah. SNL to get a full hour and a half version of it. You're like by the fourth line, he says that you're like, Oh my God, you're kind yeah. of oh, all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, Tim Meadows though. He's hilarious. I, he I really like Tim Meadows. Yeah. I've always liked him. He's great and everything. And it's fun to see Billy D Williams as the narrator and <laughs> bartender bartender. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's like, like a renowned also ladies man i guess yeah i also do find it i i kind of get a kick out of movies that have a very random song and dance number (laughs) yeah and ladies man has one and i remember i'm constantly i've seen it a few times and i'm every time i've watched it i've been just like taken so off Mm -hmm. guard of just yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah It's a weird, a weird group and a weird time and it a weird is. movie to have that in for sure. It is, but it, it <laughs> it's funny. Uh, yeah, I I'm kind of shocked knowing that it was such a like failure because Ladies Man was a flop. Mm-hmm. It it didn't do well really yeah. in any aspect. But I kind of find it funny. I kind of am shocked that it didn't do as well. Uh, but this was a movie when I was watching that I was very much like there is no chance in hell <laughs> they could make this movie now <laughs> like there's yeah and that's what expanded to could they even make any of these snl films these days and i'm like mm-hmm. i don't i don't think you could i i think yeah i think they would get blasted so hard all <laughs> over the internet that it just yeah. wouldn't work out yeah the internet's a terrible place if you say one thing wrong let alone have an entire movie about saying those things yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so i i think part of the reason that they waited so because i it flopped mm-hmm. i think that may have been a reason why they didn't make any more movies for 10 years they had like a run of that generation of cast and then they like okay so that was good let's not do that anymore let's go back to doing the show yep and then 10 years later 2010 mcgruber comes out gruber um, I just watched this movie for the first time. Really? This morning. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fresh, fresh eyes. So it's very fresh in my mind. Yeah. You can go. And ahead. I, d- I do remember the MacGruber sketches being good. Well, I, for one thing, I will say at the very beginning, I'm going to be extremely biased because Will Forte to me is one of the funniest people who has like, been doing things in the last like i don't know 10 20 years Mm -hmm. and there's just something about him everything that he does all the like subtle things he does the subtle jokes he throws in it makes me laugh constantly so everything he does is hilarious left last man on earth is like one of the best shows that that's ever happened um and mcgruber is 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 really funny to me partly mostly for that reason and 
Kristen, Kristen, Kristen Stewart. I don't know why I went back and forth between her name. There. Kristen Stewart. You mean Kristen Chris, Wig? Kristen Wig. I was thrown off by the Kristen, Kirsten, Kristen thing I did that I just forgot what I was saying. You're jumping a week Kristen ahead, Wig. man. Jumping a week ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen Wig <laughs> is also hilarious. She's also an amazing talent that's come out in the recent past. Yeah. Um, I had to go back and watch the sketches because I realized a lot of Will Forte's time on SNL was when I was not watching <laughs> SNL at all. So mm. I like didn't have a whole lot of uh, Forgot background. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I watched the movie and then I mm-hmm. went back and watched some of the sketches. Mm-hmm. The movie's so dumb, but that's what made <laughs> me laugh. Uh, there's yeah. several parts in the movie that I was like, but why? <laughs> like, <laughs> what the heck? I kind of. Is it when he has the celery in his ass? That Is was that one of it them. was <laughs> to I mean, strip down naked. Um, that's one of the parts. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't. I feel like a lot of the jokes in McGruber felt very forced. Hmm. So the movie, although I still laughed at a lot of it, like I think Val yeah. Kilmer was hilarious as the villain. <laughs> a villain named Kuntz? His, his name was hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta a, hit that, the TH very hard. And they, they hit it very, like there's almost a purposeful pause <laughs> on the Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, I, I still laughed. I did not hate McGruber at all. I just felt like there were a lot of jokes in it. With a lot of comedies, yeah. Um, during 2010 to kind of now, a lot of comedies mm-hmm. have fallen into this obviousness of forcing a joke instead of just letting mm-hmm. like the improv aspect come out um, mm-hmm. or the natural joke telling. And I think McGruber kind of falls into that with a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched some of the sketches of McGruber. Yeah. And the sketches had me laughing my butt off. They're hilarious. <laughs> They're so great. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he works better as these quick sketches or maybe not just that. Mm-hmm. Had they stuck with just this kind of aspect of the, I took it more of like the movie wasn't so much a MacGyver spoof that the sketches mm-hmm. were. And I yeah. think that's maybe where it fell a little bit for me because it no longer felt as like a full on satire. It felt just a little forced. So I I'll yeah. still watch it again. I do want to watch it again because there were mm-hmm. parts in it that had me rolling pretty well. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of like, I think it extends beyond just MacGyver. It's more um, it kind of brings in a lot of those like 80s yeah. TV and movie action heroes who are treated as really sexy and they're not exactly sexy, but they're, he'll just have cut off sleeves for no reason because you know, he's the, the lead and there's, there's a lot of like saxophone and like, yeah. like just the, the music, the things that they do. So it's kind of just random and funny. Um, but it's funny you bring up the sketches because the, one of the funniest things to me is that the movie basically fixes a continuity error in the sketches where Maya Rudolph was his like right. romantic interest <laughs> and then she left the show and they replaced her with Kristen Wiig and didn't really explain it. And then the movie kind of like bridges the gap yeah, and tries like, to, oh, that was his wife. She died. He avenged <laughs> her. He married this other girl. It's hilarious. <laughs> and yet 
Vilk Valkilmer. Which I learned I'm after a- I watched the movie and was like, oh, so that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, Val Kilmer yeah. was great in it. I Val did hilarious. have some bittersweet feelings, though, watching him. I loved him in the movie. But I started realizing it was shortly after MacGyver that Val Kilmer had like the throat cancer kind of stuff show up. Yeah. And his career kind of went down, but that's treatment and disease. Yeah. So yeah. I was a little bummed knowing like, oh, this was one of <laughs> like the, the last. last. Yeah. I know when I watch it, I'm like soaking it up because I'm like, this I, is like one of the last great performances. I found myself doing that. I was just like, oh, just just keep Kilmer on screen. Like just yeah. keep Val Kilmer on the screen because I yeah. wanted to watch We were watching it. Him. We were watching it and Christy's like, do you want to watch The Saint later? I was like, yes. <laughs> Let's watch the site tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which side note, I do want to watch the Val Kilmer documentary Val on yeah. Prime. A- Amazon, yeah. But I'm very nervous to watch it because I am too. I don't think I'm going to be able to like hold it together during that yeah. documentary. So I'm kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder like how much, how much will be shown or talked about or filmed because I know he had obviously very serious issues with the throat cancer and recovery and all that stuff. Then, but he also was doing kind of random performances. If he yeah. was like Mark Twain for a long time, like just going and doing Mark Twain at places. I was like, so it'll be very interesting. I do want to watch. Yeah, I do sure. want to. I just got a brave getting around to doing it. But anyways, yeah. him and McGruber, very <laughs> funny. Um, yeah. My favorite at the very end when they like have the big fight at the wedding and then he like falls off the edge and the way he's like shooting at him as he's falling and then he like shoots the rut like the grenade down and blows him up and then you just see this like trinkling of liquid falling from the sky (laughs) and you're like just the way that the timing of that is very funny. (laughs) Probably my favorite joke. Yeah, there McGruber does have some very well planned very well placed jokes. Uh, I did mm-hmm. laugh really hard uh, during most of it. I think Ryan mm-hmm. Felipe being in it is yeah. probably the funniest part of the whole movie to me because <laughs> he just doesn't fit. Yeah. And I did find myself like, as soon as the whole celery thing came up and he was like, I would never ever do that immediately. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, the movie's going to end with Ryan Felipe <laughs> and his celery stick. And then it does. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah probably you're totally right there are a lot of obvious like push too hard on this jokes and some of them are if you keep pushing long enough it will get funny and some of them are like okay stop yeah, move on. yeah. one of the ones that i think is one of the natural jokes is and it like a good character joke is with ryan felipe when they're like at the trailer and those guys show up to shoot them and McGruber <laughs> just grabs him as a, as a body shield and just like puts him in front of himself. I was like, that is perfect. Yeah, and no, then, no, then I... like, just the way that like carries out. <laughs> so good. That, that scene probably had me laughing the hardest because he screams <laughs> and like, no. And then he like <laughs> shoots him up as a body shield. And he even like, you're still alive. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. You know, I was wearing this like body yeah. armor. That was so smart. I'm yeah. glad you uh, remembered I was wearing body armor. Oh, yeah, I totally <laughs> knew that. Yeah, I, I like that you used me as a human shield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that part I was laughing pretty hard at because that 
human shields are always funny to me in comedies. Mm-hmm. They just are. <laughs> uh, Austin Powers has a gag about doing that as well. Mm. That's still one That's of the true. funniest sequences to me ever. Uh, <laughs> with the lady at the club. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, thinking about it now, it's just funny to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, watching Wayne's World, I was like, I haven't seen the Austin Power movies in a while. I need to go back and revisit them because Mike Myers is a gem. Yeah. I think it's kind of weird though. Um, there hasn't been an SNL film for going on 11 years now. Yep. Cause McGruber was it. Yeah. I yeah. Know- and I, I haven't really been watching, so I don't know what they would do or could do. And well, and I, I can't help but wonder if that's more of the reasoning is since SNL has not had, the same kind of mm-hmm. fan base or I don't want to say success because it's still going. They still yeah. make a big deal about hosts showing up, but it's still like a prestigious thing for celebrities to be on SNL. Uh, yeah. But I just can't help but wonder if like, maybe they just haven't, mm-hmm. if maybe Lauren Michaels has been like, Hey, we just don't have what we used to. Mm -hmm. So let's not worry about expanding it. Yeah. Yeah. It might be the kind of thing that you need to get your own house in order before you can even worry about branching out. And they probably need to figure out that. I think they're even now probably at the point where they're transitioning generations or casts again, probably it's been a while. Probably. I don't know. I, I haven't followed SNL for so long. Yeah. It's just, it's it would be really interesting weird. to me. It would be cool if they could like, because I'm sure they own the rights to the characters that are mm-hmm. developed while they're on the show and that kind of thing. So if they like went back and got like successful characters, even from the, a couple casts ago, like maybe the Lonely Island or guys or something. And, uh, just now that they are even after they've moved on, they're super successful. They, I think you could still go back and do that and have a, another, I like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Like they would still be great together. Like it's just the kind of thing you, that are maybe timeless. You could go yeah. back and do. Well, I, I, I know we mentioned it earlier and you, you just brought it up for me, not so much like SNL characters showing up again, but I think it'd be fun if Lauren Michaels produced a movie where old castmates teamed up again, you know, you don't got to yeah. revisit those characters, but those are, you know, Tina Fey yeah. with Amy Poehler with Rachel Tratch, mm-hmm. you know, it would just be like, that would be exciting yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. You know, Will Ferrell reteaming up with Molly Shannon. I'm still waiting for that. I'm still waiting yeah. for Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry. If, yeah, if right. there's ever a duo, I am waiting for those two <laughs> to appear together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were amazing. Um, I kind of miss Sherry O'Terry. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, she's like right up there with Chris Kattan where I'm like, so good, so strong, kind of just disappeared and I miss her. I miss her so much. I always love Sherry O'Terry. And I also yeah. always kind of thought she was... A- Hot. One of the foxier, was, uh, foxier cast members for sure. I liked her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just made my daughter awkward. <laughs> Ew, gross. <laughs> Dad. Ew. <laughs> so, I mean, overall, yeah. 
even being a fan of most of these films, mm-hmm. finding them funny, finding the comedy in them. Um, do you think they were actually warranted to be movies, though? I I certainly am glad that they exist for the most part. The ones that I like, I'm glad that I have. And so I think they were warranted. I think okay. that I enjoy them enough. I wouldn't say that's I wouldn't say that me in my basement watching movies is enough reason to make a movie, but <laughs> if you're going to make a movie for me, I appreciate it and I'm glad that it exists. I I'm glad a couple of them exist. I think a couple of them were warranted. I think the the majority of SNL films though mm-hmm. probably weren't necessary or at least those mm-hmm. specific characters. Um, yeah. You know, I, I posted think it's certainly a thing simple. up on our, our Instagram stories of the, the Spartan cheerleaders. Right? Yeah. Speaking of Sherry O'Terry. You got Will Ferrell and yeah. Sherry O'Terry. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I always kind of wanted to see more of them just to see, like, what was high school life for like for these two to be yeah. so them? Uh, yeah. I kind of feel they would have worked in the same aspect that Superstar does. Uh, 100%. But anything other than that, I don't think would have worked all that well. Or uh, even Will Ferrell and um, I'm pretty sure it was Molly Shannon, their older couple in the hot tub. Do you remember that sketch? <laughs> yeah. I think I think a full movie of those two would have been really funny. <laughs> I'm just remembering all the times that Jimmy Fallon laughed during those sketches. <laughs> just a, I think the blooper reel of that kind of film would have been even funnier than the movie itself just because they got everyone that was in those things. No one made it out of those sketches without breaking character several times. Yeah. Um, But I kind of feel, especially after going back through and watching a lot of the sketches, even though I I'm glad some of the movies exist, even though I feel feel some of them are kind of warranted. I kind of feel like the sketches are still better yeah just because they're they're quick they're funny and they always left you with just a like where you're laughing still afterwards because of how absurd it was so i feel the sketches still work way better than the movies do but i enjoy Mm -hmm. a decent amount of the movies i I enjoy about 50 percent of the movies so well more than that yeah considering i really only hated what three of them so yeah (laughs) that's pretty good right yeah that's pretty good yeah if you like six or seven or eight, then yeah, you should be, I'd say you're a fan of them. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I think that it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think it's easy to critique that or maybe armchair quarterback it and be like, yeah, you could have chosen a different character and made a Mm -hmm. better movie or a different movie instead. And it would have been more successful. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. And it could be true. Yeah, we don't even have like hindsight on that. There's just the only one that you know would have for sure worked is a Mango movie. Dude, Mango would have been hilarious. Yeah. God. (laughs) (laughs) I also had the thought. I had the thought while I was watching the Stewart movie. I was like, you know, what would have been better than this is if it was not Stewart from SNL, but if it was Stewart from Mad TV. Oh my god. Uh, Yeah. From what's his name, McDonald? Oh my God! What was that, just, what was that performer's name? I can't remember yeah, the, his name, but yes, Stuart from Mad TV. I would watch that movie. It would have had that to have been be... made kind of like a Pee Wee Herman movie, where it's just so yeah. 
dumb. An adult child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was always good. Uh, anyway, much, much funnier than uh, actual <laughs> SNL Stewart. Yeah, yeah. And way funnier than the movie that we got. So Opera Man would have been a better film. Oh, Opera Man. <laughs> Opera Man would have been funny. <laughs> yeah, I was really actually shocked. No Adam Sandler characters in these movies. Adam Sandler makes one appearance in uh, Coneheads. Yep. And uh, kind of surprising, as big as a movie star as he is, didn't get the didn't get the Lauren Michaels treatment, I guess. Well, but he was also kind of fired from SNL. Him and Lauren did uh, not see eye to eye in his later years. So, mm. but I mean, Adam Sandler's career was blowing yeah. up. So obviously he's going to Who needs it. Yeah. Ditch it. Just kind of like all the other castmates were like, um, we have a lot of film film deals showing up. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, stay on SNL. Yeah. Millions upon millions upon millions <laughs> upon millions of dollars in stardom. Yeah. Uh, for a couple weeks work and you get rehearsals. <laughs> oh, and then and... I get to like write, I get to produce, I get to direct, I get to yeah. <laughs> pretty clear choice. Yeah. Um, whether it worked out really well for everyone or not, but so SNL. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird and being like, I can't even ask, do you hope to see more? Because <laughs> you and I neither of us know any characters these days. So no, I have no idea. I, I have no idea. I just hope we get to see old castmates kind of reunite, maybe not with yeah. those characters, but just to work together again. Uh, yeah. Come on, Chris Kattan and Will Ferrell, squash your differences. <laughs> It'd be great to see them work yeah. together again. I agree. Basically, Will Ferrell with anyone again. Like, just yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's so many. It made me want to go back and watch the shows. I haven't mm-hmm. watched old SNL in a long time. And so, yeah, I'll have to pull out some of those discs. I debated doing that, but then I was like, we have a whole nother franchise that we have to watch coming up. Yeah. That's going to take some time because they're shockingly (laughs) long movies for. There's only four of them. Right. But they're all like over two hours long. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They had to adapt an entire book. Well, that's a good segue. So next week, get your. (laughs) Murphy, no. Get your uh, vampire teeth on, or what do you say? How do I get do I your do? get your werewolf? Get get your get your get ready to team Edward or uh, to <laughs> I was going to say get your team Edward or team Jacob okay. shirts ready. Okay, because that was a thing that happened. That was a huge and... thing. Okay, I think next week is probably going to be a big episode, not just because <laughs> of the movies we're talking about, but the I'm just going to say it psychotic social (laughs) pop culture impact that it had. Um, Yeah. And I I don't feel bad for saying that because the cast said it and still (laughs) continue to say it. Um, Yeah. They're like, what did I get myself into? Yeah. I think it's going to be really funny to rewatch this franchise. I texted mm-hmm. my ex and was like, so we're going to do a whole episode on Twilight. And she was just like, hold on. I should save this for the episode. I'll save it for the episode. But we had a okay. whole like interaction over <laughs> us dedicating it. Cause I was like, you might want to wa- listen or listen or watch this next one. She was, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so tune in next time to find out what the text message said. It's not, I mean, it's not that spectacular. (laughs) It was just kind of funny. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, we're doing Twilight next week. (laughs) Going to be spoiling the crap out of them. So if you've never watched them and you want to watch them before we tell you about them, watch all four Twilight movies. (laughs) We've been joking about doing this since we Mm -hmm. started the show. Um, Yeah. I think you mentioned it last week. It'll be an interesting one to do because the Twilight franchise kind of has like a direct <laughs> impact or like a, it was actually a part of our yeah. like lives. It's part of the reason we're friends. <laughs> in a weird way. Uh, so it's weird to, it's an odd franchise for us for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very, <laughs> connected to it <laughs> it just makes yeah. no so, sense <laughs> just so you know we saw all four of these movies in theaters yeah and i've seen them on home video several times yep yeah and i actually read all four books yep. i don't know if you knew i that. read all four books as well i saw all four movies in the theater and it's so you could say we're super fans nope we nope you can't massive say that. St- can't, twilight nope, you can't fans. say that <laughs> i'm gonna be asking you if you're team edward or team i know Jake you are i know you are next episode um i have funny stories about the teens uh, okay oh, i don't think i yeah next week's gonna be really funny folks <laughs> it's it's it, yeah. It's going to be funny. It's going to be an entertaining right. one. <laughs> yeah. So thanks. Thanks for listening to this one. Tune in next time. Yep. And uh, also check out our YouTube. I always forget to tell you that we're putting stuff on YouTube. That's like bonus. Uh, we're doing like new release reviews yep. on there occasionally. Um, you recently saw two. Suicide Squad and Jungle Cruise. Yeah. The two big ones right now, Jungle Cruise and Suicide Squad. I watched both anticipating um, that you would do the same. And then you were like, oh, I haven't watched either <laughs> of them. And I went, oh, yeah, I guess we won't have a properly timed review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm try- we're trying to be timely, but I am not getting paid for this. What am I going to do true. with it? That's true. <laughs> but I do really want to watch both of those. So I'm going to watch them. We'll be putting a review up soon. And then probably by this time next week, the time you're hearing the next episode, it'll probably be up. Yep. And then uh, I I did. Part of the reason I couldn't watch it is because I was watching the Netflix trilogy of uh, Fear Street. Right. Which is kind of a fun horror anthology thing. Um, so, and you said you were interested in that. So we'll put that up eventually too. But that came out recently on Netflix. Uh, yeah. So yeah. tune in next week. Comment. Uh, let us know. I know I posted a quick thing on our stories. Uh, if there's a movie, franchise, whatever that you think we should dive into let us know if there's a movie you think neither of us have seen and we should and then you think it'd yeah. be funny to hear us talk about it let us know and you want to hear our opinions about it yeah yeah um we recently heard that we need to watch some anime and uh i've never seen akira i don't know if you've seen akira but it sounds like we're gonna watch akira at some point what the heck is akira you never heard of Akira? It's like a 1988 Japanese anime thing. Is it 1K? Yeah, A K I R A. 1988 from Japan. It's oh, anime. Okay. Uh, yeah. So let us know. Um, we'll watch them and do kind of a, a little dive into them. So comment. Be sure to tag us and stuff. And thank you everyone for uh, for watching. Let us know if you are a fan of the SNL films. Which ones you love? Which ones you hate? Uh, yep. If you've even bothered with them, or if you've just written them off right off the bat 
let us know. Yeah. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Be sure to see you next time. Pick your team. <laughs> I'm going to make a shirt. I'm going to make a shirt that says Team Jacob all the way. Spoiler alert for next episode. <laughs> He's such a bitch. <laughs> They're both bitches. That's the thing. Okay. <laughs> let's not get into right, it. Right, Save it for next right, time. Right. Save it for right. next time. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. See ya.